podcast listeners of the Reject Nation. We're going to watch Andor. You're so fat and stupid. <laughs> listeners, you your ears are so full listen. of fat. <laughs> you can't hear a uh, thing. It's Andor, Andor quote. I'm not actually calling you guys that. That's Andor calling you that. Yeah. Blame him. Be racist towards <laughs> him. All right, guys, let's do it. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> so cool. Oh. That's a hell of a... That's a hell of a scene. That is an image, yeah. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. We're going to have to wait till the Easter eggs break down. <laughs> Kino Loy is just floating by. <laughs> I think I said that. I, mean, I can't be the only one who predicted it. They were building stuff for the Death Star. Yeah. 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 It's the old, that would be the perfect was, poetic yeah. irony. That was, that was the uh, main thing to tie it into. Not only are you building parts for the Death Star, but you're building parts for the most lethal part of the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> the most life-erasing part of the Death Star. Crazy. Crazy stuff. That shit cry. Let's talk about it, you mother F-words. All right. That was a wonderful culmination episode. Everything came together in the end. It did. It all worked out. It all worked out. Everything <laughs> turned out. The empire, they beat, they beat, <laughs> they beat the, empire. the empire. Everybody <laughs> wins. <laughs> no, I loved uh, Marva's speech. Um, giving her own eulogy. I thought it was great. A goodbye message. Kind of reminds you of like when you, my, my first thought was actually, um, oh my God, wh- wh- who did uh, who'd Jim Carrey play a man on the moon? Oh, Andy Kaufman. I have Andy Kaufman. <laughs> yeah. And, um, of, 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 yeah, like prepping something in advance. I mean, many people do that. And I thought it was great that, you know, like it was such a bummer that she stayed behind. And a big part of her reason to stay behind was to give fuel and provide help and be a part of the rebellion in some way because she could feel that there was a rise happening. But her her death and the gathering and her speech was the, the linchpin to it all. Yeah. And I thought that was so beautiful that this all got to go down at her funeral. Like, there's no other way she would have wanted this funeral to go down. And granted, did she want some of her own people to die from Ferrix? Not, no. However, the fact that the rebellion did uh, for Ferrix, like, this this was such a monumental moment. And and watching this rise happen. And, um, you know, one thing I remember when I first walked out of Rogue One, and I think we shared the same sentiment here, was that, that movie kind of put the war in Star Wars, and this really did that into an even more grim effect because, you know, you're like, yeah, good, good, let's go, let's go. But it, <laughs> it never turned into badassery the way how you think it might turn into. Yeah. It stayed very bleak <laughs> and just so, so sad the entire time. It, it, it felt like you see the ugly side of war here. Where even in Star Wars, a lot of the time it is like rousing and spectacle and whatnot, yeah. and it never, it never turned into that. It, it remained this felt like real brutality, yeah. and uh, like a real war zone. Basically, is what I'm getting at. It's about like actually seeing blood. <laughs> so, yeah, but it, it, the way that the images that they chose to, to capture with like. The police holding the front line and then bashing the people with their uh, batons, yeah, you know, and, and opening fire into the crowd. Yeah, yeah, it was really ugly and like thematically, I just thought everything tied in and, and plot wise, everything you know uh, on 
unfolded together too with all the characters coming together uh, at this one meeting point and i do feel like it is a completion of a season one as because yeah it ends on a cliffhanger and not that i feel like the story would end here but i feel like this specific chapter they decided to tell because we've gone in you know like every three to four episodes it was kind of telling a new chapter of the season yeah. and then here they brought it all around where it sort of felt like part one of a novel sure and, yeah you know, or like the first the first novel in a series in a of series. novels <laughs> yeah yeah and and i thought they did an excellent just exquisite job but you know bring up something <laughs> different <laughs> yeah <laughs> no like two things <laughs> this was this was so so rich and and yeah I, I thought that they it's like rogue one it is really well proportioned as a movie because it is like the story of one particular battle and it's great fodder for a war movie whereas this is yeah honing in on there are battles there is the actual fight but so much of what war is is the strategizing and the build-up and the really harsh decisions and the weird things that you have to live with and the ways in which you have to cross your own moral boundaries. And yeah, this was very, this was rousing, but in a completely uh, different kind of way because yeah, you do associate, I associate, you know, Star Wars with a certain amount of hope. Uh, and then, and not to say that there isn't hope, but it's, it's showing you just how much you have to put into hope like i feel like people look at hope as this external force that lifts you up but you have to fill that well and you're watching you know over the course of this season as cassie and andor commits to going to that well and and nurturing that well and i thought it was really beautifully handled the way they brought everybody that seems so disparate and 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 that was never really telegraphed this way but they brought everybody here and you see how everybody is and isn't mostly isn't prepared for this and i thought that was a really cool thing because we've watched so like over the season all these machinations all these plans being built and especially through characters like deidre and luthan you see the two sides that are very assured of their hand and even though there are variables you see the the prowess of strategy and here everything comes together in a complete mess for everybody which i think is Especially striking, but it puts the hands back into the, the it puts the power or, or at least the momentum, the moment back into just the people's hands. Like I love that as much as you have all of our main figures of the ensemble throughout this episode and you have that tension of their proximity and kind of what each of them, what role they're playing. So much of what really is impactful about this episode is just what the people of Ferrix, as led by Marva choose to do. And then we zoom into these little personal moments in between that. But I think especially for, again, a, a Star Wars series honing in on the idea of war, I think that's a really beautiful thing because it does kind of show it in a stark sense. And I think it's the first time I've ever watched something like this and thought to myself, you know what? I'm happy that there isn't blood with these blasters because for what this is, we can level up and we can use the fact that you can get pretty gritty and pretty harsh and pretty you know, uh, uh, realistic to a degree with violence, you know, if you do not have the blood. And so here I thought that plays to a really great effect, a really harsh effect, but an effect that really grabs you. And it's like, it's, I'm sure it's happened before, but this is the first time I, I can remember where like the, the culmination of the, the, just the, all the pent up emotion that boils over at the start of a battle really hit me in this episode so you're watching them process through the street when it became clear that the funeral procession was also about to become a full-on fight a full-on like rebellious 
act in the moment. Like, that really moved me. Like, this is a really moving episode mm-hmm. in a way that I didn't ever really expect, but I'm, I'm just as the best of Star Wars can give you that, like, whoop your fist and, like, yes, you know, that catharsis. This was a wholly different catharsis, but, you know, a part of that same picture of hope, <laughs> you know, just in, again the harsher, more formative stages of what that hope can do and be and the fact that you have to, you know, shine that light <laughs> so intentionally through the dark. Um, but, yeah, this is this was... I mean, I feel like this is going to sit with me and sort of process through my system for the next several days, but I was really wowed by this. And, and as a culmination of the season, I just hats off. <laughs> so much of the discourse about Star Wars is about like who had a plan and what that plan amounted to. And this series feels like the product of excellent planning and an excellent grip on themes first and foremost. Yeah. And and I like that uh they had this attention to detail with Luthen and Vel and all of them as being the center point for where the rebellion really sprung up and, and it did you know with Aldani being the a, a major moving point to turning that needle uh even for marva like if that didn't happen marva wouldn't have been moved to do what she to stay with ferrix and perhaps even give that speech you know and i i like that they show up and it's like they don't they're not even prepared for for this yeah you know and yet you have oh, of course i'm blanking on the name now <laughs> the, the book the the one who left behind everything oh, for andor oh uh, emic yeah, emic yeah, yeah. yeah like you even bring that back around and you see that he that andor has been absorbing all of that because you know he is that character in this series where him being the, uh, such a centerpiece for it all and like everyone's here just preparing for we're looking for andor we got to get andor we got to kill andor yeah. you know it's what it's all coming down to and yet they're they're so focused on that that they're, they're they've kind of turned a blind eye to the fact that oh wait we got all these other people here yes. that are actually feeling a lot of hostility and are really not handling the oppression <laughs> you know like they're ready to throw down and I like that Luthen and Vel they're not even prepared for that yeah when this is such a big cause for why they exist and what they're fighting for and this all stems within the the family of Andor yeah. you know. And I like how Cassian, through his journey, being that archetype character who, you know, you can tell that obviously we know, you know from catching up with him in Rogue One and whatnot, that he's going to be that guy who is like so resistant towards resistance, who's so <laughs> resistant towards the rebellion and, and doesn't believe in it. But through all the cards that keep being dealt his way, he's moved through to joining the rebellion in the end of course bringing it back full circle from that fourth episode when he is on the ship with luthan and luthan is trying to convince him into fighting for it and with i forgot his name again what the hell uh anemic anemic i call him ecom um i'm like i know that's not it uh with nemic and there's always and and in marva too you know uh, always trying to instill the willingness to fight back and fight for this cause and it's taken a lot of sacrifice and a lot of personal movement and experiences for him to get to that point that didn't feel cliche in how he got there. Mm-hmm. It it wasn't just like 
Marva's dead. All right, I'm I, I'm now feeling it because she died, and I got to do this for her. Did it turn into that? Mm-hmm. Which is what I thought they were gonna do, and it it didn't go down that path. I mean, sure, it's a, it's a part of it, I imagine, with this character, but it, so much of his performance is so internal. Mm. And but you can pick up on it just from the, the littlest bits of details, even from him going into the prison, uh, and and seeing just wow, these guys are not messing around. You know, they. They don't even give you a second chance at life in any capacity. Yeah. So I, I love the way how we got Andor to the closing point of I'm going to fight now, not for money, not for monetary gain, not to escape, and not not for just pure selfish reasons or, or anything like that. It, it is because he has found a reason to fight in this rebellion, and it's something that he now believes in. So they they brought that all around with the characters too. Like I love the little look of exchanges that he has with Luthen at the end. Yeah. This whole time wants to kill him, but he can like that smile he gives. That little, yeah, yeah that little <laughs> tiny like, smirk of, of hope. <laughs> like he's come, he's come, he's come around. This yeah. loot, this Sandor, he's come around. He's part yeah. of it now. Um, I love that. Uh, I think I think that was really great. I think some things I could have used a little bit more fleshing out for me are Vel and Cinta. Cinta. Yeah. I mean, Cinta feels like a, it's like an important character, but could have used a little bit more detail with her and, and and getting to know who she really is is just a little bit better and there are some people on ferrix who i'm like i really like them when they're there but i i, I wish i i got to know them a little bit better to to care a tad bit more about them you know yeah who, who we have checked in with periodically um so yeah there are some things there that i, I feel like can be um explored a little bit more come the next season and yeah it's like we didn't really get a good a solid like we really just got a good cliffhanger with Mon Mothma. We didn't really get a, a chapter close so much, other than you know with her getting the money and handing off the kid. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah, like that's a good cliffhanger. But I I, I felt like we could have used a, a more of a chapter close for that. Yeah, but I like how hers ends on such a dark note. You sure. know, like yeah. everyone else's kind of ends on a semi hopeful note. If you're one of the good guys, one of the protagonists, but hers is just so so bleak. Oh yeah, it's yeah. like everybody is everybody on the ground is stepping out of the shadows, and now she has to step further into the shadows. Yeah, and it's all aimed toward the same goal. But yeah, how much, how much more harsh in the moment, in in a way, personally at least, that that scene. Yeah, so I actually I do like where it ended with her. I'm not saying I don't yeah. I don't like it. I do like where it ended with her be, because of that contrast. It just feels like a step rather than like a whole arc. Yeah. 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 Um. But you've been watching her descend through this whole season. And I do like how just uh, unprepared the Empire was for what came their way in this episode, too. Yeah. Which felt like a realistic way of depicting it to a certain extent because they are just so... They underestimate and they're so focused. And, you know, they did bring it back with um, Krieger dying and even with the ISB officer saying... You know, like this, this, this was about. I forget what exactly what this exact sentence was, yeah. but it, you know, it was this. It was to send the statement and to and to, and to wipe it clean, which is what Luthen wanted, was for them to feel like they have ultimate power over this. Like, oh, they yeah. just walked right into this and it was easy peasy. So now the emperor's happy. <laughs> yeah, the emperor's happy, and because of an incident like that, it it probably made it easier for what happened in Ferris for them to fight back too, just like that little bit of an. Uh, give enough to underestimate that can give more power 
So I, I thought that was great. And like Deidre and Cyril even coming together <laughs> in the end. There's like, God, you're one twisted ass duo here, but I, I like them together. I do. They're creepy as hell together. But I, I like them. There's a bunch of freaks, those two. Yes, I'm very excited to see who they become in season two. They're going to have a very kinky relationship moving forward. I, I can I can already tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was great. Um, and the use of music, too. Like you pointed out that there's so much just Foley and so much just, um, you know, natural sound, and then they have these extended patches. Like, there's a little bit of score music, because I started to pay attention, but I love that, yeah, you have so much that's just sound effects of the environment, and then you have this long, extended sequence of music where the music itself is sort of the main character and everybody else is focused in on that and it's completely motivated by what's on screen. Like, there's so many really lively, creative choices throughout all this, too. Like, as, as, as great as, like, the storytelling and the writing and all that stuff is, like, it's also really beautifully realized and, and you know it's one of the most immersive star Wars shows I feel like we've had in, in a way as much as I love gallivanting about the galaxy. And there are things I love about, you know, each of the series, this one feels the most like you're just there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it sucks you into its mood and atmosphere. Yeah. This episode in particular, because of its choice with its more longer lasting shots mm. and with, um, the, the, when to, when to use music, when not to use music. And then, a big portion when you got the music was just from the procession, you know, like that, letting that drive the mood more. Oh, that was great too. That B was the one to um, project the hologram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then what yeah. a half ass attempt that one guy to cover it up, that yeah. ISB guy, it was his coat. Uh, but I'm like, if you didn't do that, man, they might not have fought back. I know. <laughs> they, they might, there might have been still some hesitation. Well, and it's great because they don't <laughs> wink at you and they don't go, ha, ah, ah, ha, he was right yeah. about, uh, you know, the Empire back yeah. in the, you know, in the prison or on the, yeah. and, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, you can see how. I love that, basically, that you have the whole Krieger thing play out in the background almost the entire time. And I love that even the guy here is like, you guys aren't, you guys didn't hear about this Krieger? Like, yeah. I feel like it's been a detail. It's been kind of hard for people to keep track of. But I love that you have that, and then you kind of come back around to a situation. You watch so many people, even on a low scale, like the guy, uh, um, the two guys who... T- tip off the uh, Imperials that Andor's here and get them looking for him, the, you know, the guys who betray him. Like, you watch so many people agree to letting circumstances happen just so that their en- your opponent won't be any the wiser, and then you end up in a situation where both sides are none the wiser about what's about yeah, to yeah. happen. Um, and so, yeah, it's it also kind of gives a good kind of call to both sides that you got to really be paying attention to. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. And even with Bix, like what you're talking about with with Hope, I think the one person who and or directly gives hope to is Bix. Mm-hmm. You know, she's someone who is completely hopeless at this point and doesn't even know she's physically all there. Like she has a lot to regain physically and mentally, yeah. you know, uh, after the torture she endured. So that moment uh, at the very end where they all felt like there's hope within Andor yeah. when they are go- getting away, I thought was really powerful and really elevated the Andor character himself. Yeah. So yeah, there's, a, I think there's a lot of beauty on display in this episode and I think it was just fleshed out really well with, uh, with, uh, with, a, with the more human side of the war in star Wars, I would say like even the after effects that you see when, when the wars, when the battle's done, 
and you're cutting around and seeing some people who are just drained and tired and emotionally distraught. Yeah. I appreciate that. That like like I said, it's it there's more of it like an adventurous spirit usually within the battles of Star Wars and you don't really get this side where you just see people are are torn apart and uh, it, it makes you, it made me appreciate it. And so, yeah, I think you really captured the human side. And I feel like that's kind of the point of this, this series is to show you the, the, the human side of the rebellious spirit. And that usually starts with hopelessness. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, and too, so much of, I guess the last thing is, I, I feel like so much of, again, Star Wars has these really iconic heroic characters. And one thing I appreciated about Rogue One that I think they've also carried over in a beautiful way here is, the way in which a a person who maybe played a brief role can be so important. It's like Nemec hasn't been around for a while, and yet he feels like a real presence in this episode and like a crucial presence. And even having Andor, the complaint many people have of like, Andor doesn't even really seem like the fully main character. I feel like that even still goes to kind of bolster that overall theme of like, you do see where his arc and his journey and why he is at the center of all of this, but also you see the contribution of so many other smaller players who might not be, you know, hoisted to the level yeah. <laughs> that a Luke Skywalker kind of character would be or any. Well, it's know. not like the show seems disinterested in Andor, nor does it no. seem like they're forcing Andor to be the star. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that they, they, they could have put themselves in a position where it felt that way, where, like, clearly they're not that interested in writing Andor. They're interested <laughs> in everyone else. Yeah. Uh, but they, I think they naturally make Andor the center of the show, and I think he does a great job. I think Diego Luna does a really, like, an excellent job. It's, it's the, yeah, the other characters are more exciting, and and uh, they're fresh, they're new, and they're, they're sometimes they're just given more to do yeah. <laughs> that in, 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 in acting-wise and plot-wise, you know? So sometimes you, you do give them more stuff. Uh, but... Andor is the main moving puzzle to all this. Yeah. You know, uh, he's not exactly like Mad Max, but kind of, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you watch him go from Mad Max to the, you know, in a, yeah, I mean, kind of, if he really, if Mad Max really found a cause that he wanted to stick with for the rest of his life. <laughs> yeah. You know, instead of moving on to the next one. Yeah. 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 And I, and I do think uh, the post credit scene was fun. Um, yeah. Tying it back to the Death Star. I mean, I thought it was. I think a lot of us might have thought that, right? The rebelling ship for the Death Star. I, I was just more like the timeline of this, right? Because did they did they get um, Urso, Galen uh, to start building it? Uh, when when did that start? Like I was trying to yeah, put my head, but like, okay, Jin was a child. Are they like the same in age? Her, her and Andor, so. That would make sense if they're already starting development on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's far that far yeah. along, especially. Yeah, yeah, because it took him a very long time to build that thing. Yeah. So yeah, when uh, did they break ground on the Death Star? <laughs> yeah, no, it took, break it, space. It, it, it took them ages to 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 put that together. So you know, and I think like maybe next season is when you do see Krennic, you know, or you do see Galen, um, and you probably get K two S O. That's when you get the Rogue One characters who come in. Yeah, get uh, Melshi back. Yeah, I think you get. A, I think you start to get more of these other characters here, which is fun. Yeah, and then we could finally get Andor and Mon Mothma meeting each other. If Bob Iger agrees to green light, <laughs> keep season two going. <laughs> they just started shooting today. 
Did they? Apparently. We gotta start shooting before Iger <laughs> shuts this shit down. <laughs> our numbers haven't been the best. Quick. Streaming is already a tricky one. <laughs> start shooting before he says no. Start shooting. We're gonna be shooting till next summer. I don't know. We already started. We already this started. Too late to shut us down, down now. It'll cost you more money. <laughs> yeah. That's not a tad. Don't be a don't be a Warner brother. Just air it. <laughs> don't don't tax right off us. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, um, yeah. This was, this a, was a slam dunk. I thought every episode was great. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a weak episode to me. I mean, some are more exciting than others, but uh, in terms of was there a weak episode? No. This was a very a wildly consistent show, in my opinion. I know there's a big bar to the fan base. That's why I feel like <laughs> it, it, didn't, it didn't rely on the old streaming show. Just make the opening and the ending good, and whatever's in the middle is up to the fans. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it no. wasn't just about getting you to watch the next episode. And it felt like the appropriate length, too, which is almost shocking these days. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, as much as I like the week-to-week, I feel like it'd be a good binge. Sure, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 just a, a well-unified piece. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, guys, what did you think about the Andor finale? The show hit the landing for you? Leave your thoughts down below. It's kind of crazy how, like, Book of Boba Fett ended... In a city with the people fighting back and stuff, and and, and, and they did this too, in the hometown turf, but just so much more interesting. This feels just yeah, so much more r- r- real. Yeah, <laughs> less like a fun house. All right, guys, let's end this with a patron. Gabriel, Gabriel. Ah, oh, beat me to it. Our guardian angel here. Yeah, you've been a patron of ours for six months, and I want to say thank you for being part of our page. For these last six months. I hope to see you for another six months. Uh, Please know that your support has been not overlooked. It has been very much instrumental in our lives. So thank you for for being you and for being as generous as you are and for not asking much from us despite giving so much to us. Uh, That's the kind of people we are. We like to receive... Not the biggest fan of giving. So, you know, uh, I think it's a fair relationship, and I think you've found the right ground with us here. So thank you, Gabriel, for on the right people to enable. <laughs> I hope you have uh, I hope you have a great holiday season. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. And I, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Gabriel, for uh, being here and looking at your information. Your where is this? Ooh, is that is that Quebec? Are you in Quebec? Are you Quebecois? In the Great White North, living up in America's hat. What is that? Quebec. Yeah, up in Canada. Ooh, Ooh you're Canadian like reject. Oh, nice to know. You no wonder you're so nice. Yeah, wee wee. Wee wee, you're a Quebecian. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, and uh, I hope that you have a great rest of your Thanksgiving, my friend. Merci. And uh, I will not. Okay, never mind. I was listening to this. Hey, buddy, thank you. Mm-hmm.